It's a great joy for me to look out and to see your faces, some faces that uh, I've been grateful to have events and activities and prayer with over this past week and some faces that are brand new. I don't know what your story is yet and eager to find out and faces whom I know and also uh, um, seeing for the first time. What a blessing it is to have a place in which we're known. This is the reason in which ultimately we come together here. We come together here because there is a place in which we are known, a place in which we recognize that there is a part that I play in God's plan. And maybe we're at particular stages of that education or of that awareness in our lives, but you maybe came because a friend knows you and invited you. Right? And you may not be aware, but in time you can discover if God would give you the grace or you would stick around that this invitation of this friend whom you're following, whom you're paying attention to, is the presence of God. And so we come together because we're known, because someone has called us. But ultimately, that someone is one who is beyond us. And we see in our readings today the fulfillment of, or the, almost the fulfillment, the beginning of Jesus making his uh, departure, where he is in dialogue with Peter. And he first asks the question about who the people say the Son of Man is. Right? He asks Peter about the others. What's the judgment that they're making? And Peter's close enough to them that he understands. He says, well, this is what I'm hearing, or this is what I think, and this is what it seems to be. And then from there, he makes the leap, but who do you say that I am? And not only connecting this journey of the Israelite people, this place in which they know the Son of God is supposed to dwell with among them, to come down to them, that, but also connecting that Jesus is saying, I am, right? All the way back to Abraham. And he asked Peter, what do you say? And it is Peter's response in which from the fullness of his faith, which was a gift to him, then Jesus says he will build the church. Then Jesus gives him the power. I mean, really realize Jesus is God and he's saying, I'm going to give you the power to bind and loose. Right? And all of this is a fruit of a journey that Peter took. A journey that Jesus knew he was bringing him along on, but something ultimately that began with what's out there and then what's in here. And then he builds the church upon this man. And we always must be in mind, it's not as if like upon Peter now, he's the stonemason, so he's going to be able to build churches. Or it's not even like Peter's like the biggest uh, 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 pancake maker, and so he's going to be the one in charge of all of the gatherings that everybody has. Or uh, No, he, he, upon the church, what God is going to do, what Jesus is going to do, is going to build a people, is going to gather a people together on the faith of Peter. And what's the faith of Peter? The faith of Peter is God is here. I have met him. I have seen him eye to eye. On a side note, it's very likely that they stayed together like somewhere, like Peter could even said, yeah, remember that night when he was snoring? That's how human the divine became. And yet Peter was able to say, you are the anointed one. 
You are the Christ. And from that then, that bursting forth of recognition that God is here, people, come. And they pay attention to Peter. And through Peter, they recognize God is still in our midst. 2,000 years in different topographies, in different cultures, in different temperaments and personalities, in different families. They've come all the way down to Vermilion, South Dakota. And people might wonder the same things. And God might be asking the same thing that he asked Peter. I don't know uh, if anyone is not yet familiar with the Shroud of Turin. I won't ask for a raising of hands, but just in case. The Shroud of Turin is a long cloth that has been in existence for 2,000 years, I believe. Uh, but it has a long history. It has a long uh, journey it's taken. And it bears an image of a crucified man. And Christians have long venerated it as the burial cloth of Jesus of Nazareth. The one who instilled the power in Peter. And interestingly enough, there's been time periods where they've discounted the shroud as being authentic and then times in which they decided actually it was authentic. And like there's been this long going journey. You can go look up all the YouTube videos. They're super fascinating. Be sure you watch them in order because you might be watching one that hasn't yet taken the step to the next part. And interestingly enough, the more that we have scientific uh, abilities, the more we have tools that help us look at a greater depth of reality, the more this shroud becomes a mystery to people. The more unexplainable it is. How did this image get on this shroud? They don't know. I think the most amazing, I could talk forever about the Shroud of Turin, but the one thing that when I found it out, I just am floored by. The best they can tell is somehow this image was put on this shroud. It's a full body thing, right? And then now they're like making a replica of the body that was inside the thing. But this is the face. The best that they can tell, this image was made by a sudden burst of light. And what do we proclaim? The light that has come into the world. The belief in the resurrection that he was crucified and of his own power came back to life. The same person who said, I give you, Peter, power. Right? And the Shroud of Turin is a source for us. For whatever reason, God desired and designed that it would come down to our ages. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow the Turin Cathedral will go up in flames and this will disappear and we'll never have it anymore. But we have it right now. But it's also a point for us to be aware. How is it that we use the Shroud of Turin for our own faith? 
we could look at this as if it's still something out there. Who do people say the Shroud of Turin is? We could look at it as, do I believe it's scientifically real or not? We could look at it as still as something that's an artifact from history. And all of those are part of the way in which God works. People can say, who do you say this is? And I hope you have a thought. But ultimately, we can believe that this is the shroud that Jesus of Nazareth was buried in. We can believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he was buried and that he rose and that this is the cloth. And we can still get mistaken at the ultimate question that God asks every one of us. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? It's a second question about what you say about this cloth. Because Jesus Christ proposes he's here. Jesus Christ is asking us a question about our ability to have faith to say, I see you now. And we could live all of Christianity. We could gain all the information in the world. We could live righteous and noble and perfectly in accord with what we're supposed to and not know him. But what a shock of light it is. When he shows up, when he surprises us and fills our heart with wonder and joy and peace and patience, kindness and self-control. What a joy it is when he shows up and gives us a little glimmer that life has a purpose somehow or puts people in our path that make us say, when I'm with them, something different is here. That's what Peter and the apostles said. When I'm with him, someone different, something different is here. So what do we have to do? We have to ask ourselves the question in our own lives, each person in your own life. Is he there? Do you know him? Can you say you are the son of God? I was reading this story uh, that I thought was very dramatic, but instills the educated point. This monk said, a couple of weeks ago, I had dinner with my dear friend in Madrid, and I met his wife, Joan, who told me how she experienced the grave illness that left her paralyzed for months. In just a few hours, she found herself immobilized and intubated, only capable of seeing and listening. She said you to Christ. She began over and over saying you to Jesus. And it immediately gave her a sense of her being, the dignity of being created and loved by God. This sense has never left her. And it's defined her more than anything else. She told us 
that though her doctors couldn't speak with her at the time, simply by looking at how she was, they recognized that in the midst of everything, she had a strength and a peace that the other patients did not have. It was faith. It was faith that allowed her in that hospital room in a terrible and unexpected way to be able to say, Jesus, you are here. And by living that faith, she was extending the work of Peter to the doctors and nurses that were in that room who recognized there's something different. And they were being called to say, you are in her. This is the power that changes the world. A person at a time a people who are able to say God is here in good times and in bad. These days, this first week, have been unexpectedly beautiful. It's been good food. It's been great to see so many people. But Monday night when I went to bed and I thought about it, I thought, why was everyone so happy? It was torturously hot. Why was everyone so patient? Some of you waited in line for a long time. Why were so many people smiling? Where did all these people come from? See, even I could think, oh, we all did a great job. And we did. And I'm really grateful for all of you leaders in this this parish, in this Newman Center, who help extend hands and make these things possible. But ultimately, my life, my heart was filled with light when I thought, this is you. This is you, present, just like you were to Peter, asking me, John Rutten, do you see me at work, or do you think this is all your effort? And that awareness made me less worried about the days ahead. Maybe less worried about what might be right or wrong or how it goes or what we're going to do. Because I knew it was him who was doing something that was most important. I had a text exchange with a friend of mine this morning. And I just shared with her what it is that I've seen happening. And I said, ultimately, this is the work of Jesus. And she responded very simply, Oh, Father, I see your photographs on Facebook, and I 
already knew. People looking in at someone, a people saying, you look differently to people in this world. But even she had to be the one in her own heart to say, in those students, I see Jesus. I pray that each of you do the same. But it's a journey for each one of us. We don't just snap our finger and have it happen. The Lord works in ways that he opens up desires. He calls us into friendship. He calls us into places. He causes us to risk. And somehow in the midst of those events, we're given that grace where we can say, Lord, I think this is you. And then your act of faith is a continuation of Peter's. And through you, other people come to recognize that they too are loved, that they too have a purpose in this world, and that they too carry within them the presence of God that changes the world.